good morning. Welcome to the Science Podcast with me, Mr. Short, Mr. Atkinson, and Mr. Young. Good morning. And today we're talking about water. Um, a, a rambling discussion on water. We'll start with swimming pools. Perfect timing, by the way, on a day where it's falling at the rates of <laughs> gallons per minute, yeah. gallons per second. It's been pretty wet recently. Uh, so, obviously, we cover water at school with the water cycle. I've done a primary school then in um, first year with the matter topic and changes of state and how water is continually being recycled on the planet. So we'll start off with um, swimming pools. Because we use swimming pools quite a lot and we also know that when we think of swimming pools we think of chlorine. So why is the chlorine or why is it chlorinated? Let's start there. I mean, Mr. Axel, a PTSD from swimming pools. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, Ruined hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's not chlorine... The, the, the common view is that chlorine is used to clean the pool. And then the, the, you can test how strong the chlorine is by if you open your eyes underneath the water. And if it starts to burn really hard, they put a lot of chlorine in it. But what's the chlorine used for? <sighs> it's not just trying to kill germs, surely. It's yeah, it's thing. just the, the bugs in the pool. So. I think when swimming pools first started, we, we had swim, um, swimming outside. spots outside and then bringing that inside. But in the 1900s, early 1900s, uh, somebody checked the bacteria and bugs in a swimming pool, a communal bath, which wasn't being cleaned. Mm. And it was like it was dilute sewage. Ooh, so the, I think the quote is 111,000 microbes per centimetre cubed. So yeah, it's like swimming down loose sewage. Um, now, not all of them would have been harmful if you grew them up. Not all of them would have been dangerous for you. But obviously shows either that people in those days were more resilient to bugs and infection perhaps, or people were getting sick all the time if they went swimming. Um, so we had chlorine uh, or oxidants to the pool. So ozone might be used, um, some chlorinated compound might be used, not chlorine itself, because the gas is quite difficult to get into the water, it wouldn't not very soluble. Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got that trade-off, I guess, between uh, respiratory health in the swimming pool, because swimmers are notorious for having poor respiratory health um, from swimming so much, and also the fact that <laughs> you're swimming in other people's mm-hmm. <laughs> runoffs, basically, from their body, which is why it's so important to sw- uh, shower before you swim. Well, that's what I was thinking, because you were talking about the 1900s. Yeah. I was like, well, what about Roman baths, bathhouses? Because yeah. way, way back in history, that was a big part of the culture, was the bathhouse. It's like, what, how did they use to clean it? And that was the first thing that kind of came up, was that you had to clean yourself with running water before you went anywhere near the bath. But I, just kind of having a look through kind of what they were what they were doing, what we kind of obviously you can't ask a Roman what how they were doing it. It's just all like, from artifacts and whatnot, but it would just be down to how clean the society was around the baths, how clean the baths would be. They wouldn't have like chlorinated yeah. And that's perhaps something that's fallen out of favour because we used to have I remember there's a like a foot bath you had to go through mm. before you went to the pool. It was pretty disgusting and cold and, and yucky, but you had to walk through that before you went into the pool. I was just thinking that. I remember that when I was at school. In fact, I was saying this to a class the other day. 
and it was a kind of yellowy colour it really looked like pee and you had to step you stand into it to kill any bugs on your feet yeah. and everybody used to just kind of jump jump around it. the edge or something yeah. <laughs> with a slip hazard as well for it sure, but yeah maybe showering has fallen out of favour really So, but you should have a shower before you get in the pool and that reduce the amount of uh, yeah. disinfectant needed to, oh, really, to clean it before and after right? Uh, not really friendly is it you no. friendly if you're having a shower before yeah. and after I don't want to put anybody off swimming but you can look up various facts like how much urine is in a 833,000 litre pool <laughs> isn't that one of the, the, one of the most common lies told it must be one of the most common lies told it's like oh did you did you have pee in that swimming pool I would go home no. <laughs> the guarantee everybody has done it at least once well, the quote is something like 75 litres amongst that there will be obviously faecal matter um, and urine in the pool so and then you it, see people like why did you have to mention <laughs> that? Why does it always descend to fecal matter? It does, <laughs> does need clean. So we should also raise the point, once you've swum in the pool, yeah. people think it's clean and sterilised, which it should be. Yes, so you I should don't need to shower when I go home. You should be showering. Do you need to wash your swimming costume or are you opening yourselves up to bugs growing on your swimming costume? I used, we used to always swim. I, had about, I was competitively swimming, I thought about five or six. Yeah. So, like, it was like shorts, but they were like, like really tight. tight. Yeah, I used shark to just, skins. Yeah, that's what they are, shark skins. Yeah. And I, I had five or six because they would be, because that's how much I would be swimming, that's so they would be clean to get so, it. I guess there's two ways of disinfecting. One is to add chemicals to the pool, mm-hmm. so a chemical disinfectant. Uh, if it's an outside pool, you've got the additional benefit of sunlight. UV. Sunlight will help. Yeah, UV sunlight. But also you can get recirculation. So the pool's, uh, the pool water is pumped out, recirculated, cleaned and pumped back ah. in again. Oh, OK. So kind of like a sewage... So that's <laughs> yeah, obviously a disadvantage in that. If somebody pees or there's like matter coming off somebody in one end of the pool, <clears throat> the water's going to take a while to be recirculated and cleaned, isn't it? So it's not really the, the best answer in that way. It's not the... If you take away from swimming pools and go again back to like your baths and um, like hot tubs even. Yeah. Like I remember we went when we were in holiday a couple of years ago and there was a gentleman whose job literally was to walk around every single hot tub in the kind of area. It was like a holiday park uh-huh. and he would just check the chlorine levels every single yeah. day. That was their way of... Which is on to the next bit, really, is uh, hot tubs, because swimming pools are relatively cool in temperature. I don't know what the temperature of a swimming pool is, actually. Com- competitive, so it was about 16 really to 18? Cold, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's 16 degrees. The, the, the idea is that the colder the temperature, the faster you are. Oh, really? Competitive swimming. Because you would, you would work harder to stay warm. Mm-hmm. Right, so it's actually it's cooling you down so your body doesn't overheat uh, and you can go faster. All right, okay, I didn't yeah. know that. Huh? Um, well, hot tubs are the other way around, aren't they? They're quite warm, but yeah. the lower temperature would stop bugs growing as much. Yeah, yeah as soon as you increase the temperature, yeah. you're given which the bugs and the germs. Leads on to hot tubs, which definitely have a, a smell about them when you go in them, the chlorinated smell comes off. But hot tubs are uh, relatively dangerous if you don't look after them because you've got air going through it, it's oxygenated, it's warm. If you have algae growing in the hot tub, like if it's yeah. even just a small piece of algae yeah. that gets into your hot tub and you don't use it for a prolonged period of time, don't clean it, you will lift that lid off for the next day and year and there will be an algal bloom <laughs> going in that hot tub. It's to grow, so it's quite... Uh, and also, the more 
chlorinated compounds you add, the more disinfectant you add, the more you're likely to breathe it in and yeah. not so good for you. I think but, I mentioned that in a previous podcast yeah. about how uh, in Canada they sell them in little puck shapes. Yes. And I remember the first, t- the first time I did this and I made the mistake of I was far too close to the little sort of opening where you right. put the puck and oh, the, the hit of chlorine, yeah. it was, you know, it definitely left you a little dazed. The, I was just, I'm just reading here, um, that in between the years 2000 2014 in the US, a third of all waterborne germ outbreaks were from hot tubs or pools at hotels. Yeah, yeah, because it's shared. People won't, you need to shower before you go in it, so everybody should be showering to clean stuff off. Yeah get in there and hopefully it's clean but there's a, if you google things that can happen to you in a, a poorly maintained hot tub uh, skin issues we've got uh, legionnaire's disease toxic shock syndrome pseudomonas folliculitis which is pa- quite bad you get itchy red spots mm. on your skin but also uh, stds I mean, it's just, it would make you not want to go to a hot tub, like really? a public hot tub ever again. Does that, just, does that stand for sitting transmitted disease <laughs> in a hot tub? Um, but I suppose if you, if you do think about it, like people want well, hot tubs, are, I don't know if they're now topping out of fashion, they, they, were, they were big during the end. I think they will be just now, but that's mainly, I think, perhaps the energy. Uh, the energy needed, yeah. because during um, COVID, that was one of the things yeah. that I heard a lot of people were buying into because it, it was during the summer months, we're going to be stuck in the house, we'll get a hot tub sort of thing. Yeah. And I wonder I, I wonder if the, you know, how you always get something like the cleaning manual to go along with yeah. So if you get a kettle, this is how you should clean it, but how many people are actually aware of how much maintenance their hot tub yeah. needs mm. and how disrepair, three years later, how much of these hot tubs are now disrepair just sitting out in people's back gardens? It, there is, there's not a huge amount of volume. I think you get, it's, the chemistry is quite interesting and it's simplified so much. You get stripped with three uh, pads on it. You dip that in your hot tub and then you match yeah. it against the scale. And it tells you yeah. what might be there. Or yeah. what so very simple skills that we'll do in chemistry for measuring pH, for yeah. example. You, you see a colour, you match it to the chart, you read the number and you see, see where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, moving on, we were kind of uh, <laughs> going down the, the sewage faecal route. Um, so our... our Toilets are waterborne as well, aren't they? We use a water um, sewage system yeah. to carry waste away, carry urine and feces away. Uh, let's start off <laughs> with names for the toilet. Bog. <laughs> Bog. <laughs> Any others? What can you come up with? Because some, some people call it, this is what I said, uh, you may have to. to, <laughs> to uh, so some people call it the clunge. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, the cludgy. Scots is cludgy, I think. Yeah, I've heard that one. Um, the Dunny from Australia. Mm. Uh, lavatory, privy, water closet, bathroom. Kazi. Where, where does Kazi come from? Do you know? Never heard that one. Uh, <coughs> Far East? So it's Spanish. Spanish. Oh, is it Spanish? It seems Far East, but Casa from House. Going to the Kazi. Ah. Casa. <laughs> Jacks. Apparently, Jack. I'm going to the Jacks. Yes, it's so a Tudor cool. phrase. And apparently that links into, and this is the literacy part of the podcast, we're IDL today, um, <laughs> when you know Jack about something. Oh, I could just go for that, but... <laughs> no. So Jack about something, yes. Yeah. 
There we go. Yeah, right. That seems to be the American, doesn't it? That's um, something that he would come up with. And with languages, how diverse the English language is, um, apparently in the north of England they call it the netty. The netty? Yes. Oh. And that's from Italian. So uh, apparently Gabinetti is... Um, <laughs> Actually, I've not written down what Gabinetti stands for. I suppose with us being a more international community now, with people moving here, there and everywhere, those words will pop up everywhere. They should do, but maybe, well, I don't know. It's, um, maybe more so than they ever have now, that people will be using words that they wouldn't even know. They'll know what means toilet, but they wouldn't know where perhaps. it comes from. Well, Gabinetti, G A B B I N E T. Just look that up and you get loads of pictures of toilet. <laughs> <laughs> so, who invented the toilet? Because this is a famous misconception, I think. It's definitely not someone with the surname toilet. Um, well, quite often people say it's Thomas Crapper. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, that, that, that sounds like something that... It's, it's not made up. up. He's a real person, and he did build toilets, but it's not where crap comes from, or the toilet. He didn't invent the toilet, but he was a plumber. An English the, plumber. And, yeah. yeah. But the, the word... Um, the, the American soldiers populated the word crap because they would come over in the, in the war and they were using the toilets made by Thomas Crapper and they'd have crapper on it and they'd say, I'm going for a crap. Uh, so he, his name <laughs> has uh, endured, um, but it was invented by Sir John Harrington. So ages ago. So this porcelain toilets? Porcelain <clears> toilets. Not wooden privies outside? Uh, well, no, outside. Outside could be, well, I'm not sure they're all wooden, but because um, we've had ceramics for quite a while. But 1586. And they would have been outside toilets. So you think of castles. Castles were a long drop, weren't they? Mm. You've got no water borne. And if you've not got a water system, like, for example, in Africa, and you can toilet twin, so you can buy a toilet for somewhere mm. in the world. And I'll put that link on the podcast if anybody's interested, because it's really important. We've talked about hygiene and swimming pools, but um, stopping the spread of disease is really important. So yeah. your toilet system mm. has to be important. Your sewage system has yeah. to be important. Right. you think about... Even just back to get you the Edwardian days when sewage, yeah. we didn't have a built-in sewage system, yeah. mm. and the sewage was out in the open, cholera, dysentery, right. yeah. these all these diseases that we talked about. So the S3 science course um, were major killers in yeah. Britain, and now we've all just and you hear about that more when we've got the natural disasters <coughs> with global warming and flooding. That's when these diseases pop up because the water carries them across the country, and more people get infected. And I would, I remember when I was at university, the main lecturer for a course, he said that he had went to India for, for three weeks as a, as a conference, and he couldn't actually go to the conference because on the day he landed, he caught cholera and he was bedridden for the entire time he was there. Mm-hmm. It's like, and and think, if you think about the amount of people that are in India, the amount of people that are in Bangladesh, the amount of people that are in China, mm-hmm. the, the sewage infrastructure for those places really needed to be put in place X amount of years ago because their populations have just kept them booming and they don't have the sanity. We don't perhaps realise that in this country because we don't have typhoid and cholera because of our sewage system. We're very, very lucky. I was actually just waiting to say uh, a lot closer to home than India, but I remember I went on holiday maybe around 2005, 2006 to Crete and we were talking about this actually with third year science and one of the boys in there, he went to Crete only a couple of years ago because I had mentioned that the, the sanitation in Crete was so bad that they even recommended 
don't even brush your teeth with the water that comes out the tap. Buy bottled water. Yeah. Brush your teeth with that. And yeah. this boy in the class said that even just as recently as a couple of years ago, it's still the same. Yeah. Because if you, I mean, just going back before water uh, was used to transport waste away, human waste away, the castles would have long drops, but it'd be somebody's job to once there was a certain amount of waste there to redig the trench. Mm. And they would treat it with lime. So another good chemical reaction there is lime. So you'll see lime kilns around, okay. or um, the, obviously lime kilns across in Fife, and there's one in Muravenside. So they'd take chalk, calcium carbonate, uh, as a mineral, and heat it up. And when you heat it up, it decomposes to form calcium oxide. That calcium oxide is then soluble. Chalk isn't soluble, but calcium oxide is. Okay. When calcium oxide dissolves, it forms calcium hydroxide, which is very basic and alkaline, obviously, because it's soluble. And that raises the temperature and also kills any bugs. So you've got this lovely bit of chemistry there where you're forming something that would deal with the um, toxic waste. And I don't know if they use that in like um, festivals. Because when you go to a festival, it's mm. not a water-based disposal system. Yeah, it's kind of... It'd be chemical toilets or a, you know, a, a wooden slats over a pit, which is pretty grim. What's <laughs> festival? Have you been there recently? There was that. Well, I know what you mean about the like portable style toilets yeah. that rock up at the fringe or when it's yes. the at Christmas markets in Edinburgh. Um, like well, they, 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 you don't, you, they, they are not connected to the, the sewage system. No. They have to be. They must They've be got this blue kind of chemical in them, mm-hmm. haven't they? But blue. now you mention it, I, I will say it's still fresh in my mind. Like almost thirty years later, we went to Glastonbury a long, 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 long time ago, uh, mid nineties, um, and yes, that was a, a like well, I don't know five or six toilets stalls which were wooden with a hole in them and it just release. dropped down into a pit so you did not want to drop anything when you went into the toilet, Fail in the toilet. <laughs> but you'll see them around in the, in the highlands as well perhaps in um, in Norway they have wilderness toilets because generally you don't want to in, anyway. well my folks have a place in Skye and they spend a lot of money making sure that the ran like the walks that they have, so that like walk, they all have access to toilets. I think that was one thing yeah. that, with more and more people going to these places and bringing money in, I suppose they can now have the opportunity to upgrade their infrastructure, which they probably didn't have for a long, long time. Okay, so we've got a waterborne um, sewage system, which is a huge benefit, massive use from the Victorian times, that's what we've inherited. Yeah, we're still somewhere. Um, so where does the poop go? The, not into sewage. Um, kind of waste disposal factories and to big sewage tanks and then I don't know what it was after that but. yeah it goes to the sewage system but um, ends up somewhere where it used to end up before 1998 was a ship called the Gardilou down in Edinburgh and where did the now, ship go? again with our language and literacy today Gardilou comes from French Gardelow which is watch out water, when people used to just throw their mm. waste out Shit the window yeah. and watch out below. And hence men walk on the outside, so women would walk on the inside of a street close to the building so they wouldn't get uh, hit. Okay. So when, when you're walking, generally the female would be on the inside, like next to the buildings. Yeah. So that anybody <laughs> chucking anything Probably. out? See, <laughs> I, I do this for the opposite reason. If I'm walking with a lady, I always walk 
closer to the road because it's nearer the, the aye, cars. Aye, so well, it's to it provide a barrier just, between the car and the ladies. Because you could stop a car. Yeah. <laughs> Only I've, seen, I've seen Mr. Agnesson when he's hungry. Only he can stop, <laughs> stop a bus. <laughs> I was going to say, only when I'm angry. <laughs> anyway, the Gardilou, there's I think there's an equivalent one in, in uh, Glasgow, but the MV Gardilou would take so many tonnes, five, 500,000 tonnes of poop and dump, waste. Dump it into the ocean. And dump it into the fourth. So at high tide, when the tide was just about to go out into the and Atlantic. wash it away. Sorry, into the North Sea. It would do a kind of a figure of eight mm-hmm. by the Isle of May, which is out towards St Andrew's Way in the fourth. And then the tide would go out so quickly it would take all the waste out of it. That's incredible, a, isn't it? We wouldn't want to be a fish caught in that current. Yeah. Now, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was pretty disgusting, but you could go on it as a tourist. You could go on the Gardilou. Now, I worked for Friends of the Earth for a bit, and I got on one of the last trips going out. It was disgusting and fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> so where does it go now? There's no, it's used as something else now. So, right, well, where's the sewage go? Where they get broken down and... Well, another thing... Is it more useful? We used to have... Um, and this is how backward we are in some ways and why things have to change. We have to keep re-evaluating. There used to just be pipes going out to sea. So that was in the news a couple of weeks ago about yeah. the pipes being opened onto the beach. That's right. Just literally the sewage was just fired out. That's right. the, the so down in Troon, there was a, a pipe that used to go out to the sea, and they discharged that, probably at high tide, maybe just at any point, yeah. and the sewage would go out to sea. Now, in Troon, you've got Aaron right on the outside, and really there isn't a... a, a the tide doesn't whisk it away anywhere. Mm. So on the map, there is a bit in Troon it's called it. the Stinking Rocks. Because the sewage would land on the rocks, it would be re- particularly disgusting. Um, also, the sailing club used to regularly you know, sail past jobbies and things that were just floating in the sea, which is horrendous when you think about it. It was the European Union that uh, decided to stop all that, and the blue flag beaches came up, and you weren't allowed to discharge into the sea anymore. Now it makes so much sense about why it started back up. Yeah, and now the sewage system can't cope, where you get too much water going in, or it's wet, and you get this overflow. Uh-huh. And you get this dump of sewage in the sea, which some people now obviously are saying is disgusting. And if you look at Troon just now, it's a haven for kiteboarders, windsurfers, people down on the beach. Yeah, it's a very popular beach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. The problem with the, the sewer, sewer system as well, apart from the overload of water and most of the people using it, is people flushing things that aren't supposed to be flushed down the toilet down the toilet. Excellent. Yeah, that's where we're going next. So, so things like yeah. um, baby wipes and yeah. all these things don't. Do you don't break down? Yeah. They just clog together with natural build-up yeah. of fat and make fat birds. Yeah, because you think you flush something down the toilet and it's gone. Yeah. But actually, it goes somewhere. somewhere. Yeah. It gets dealt with. It goes through a series of pipes, so tampons shouldn't go down the toilet. Anything like that. Especially because anything that's absorbent, yeah. that's going to increase yeah. in uh, mass. You don't want to put that down no. a very constricted pipe. So, basically. we'll go to the sewerage system next. <laughs> Excellent bit of science here that people don't really think about so much. I suppose it is, it's taken for granted. Yeah. We know it because we teach parts of it and then you go down into kind of a rabbit hole of what's going on here. um, But a lot of people just take this for granted. No, and it's essential for the maintenance of a society and stopping spread of disease. Either that or going back in time and it's back out into the streets it goes. And do we know where our nearest sewerage is? I don't know. 
I could have told you where it was when I was in Aberdeen, but I can't tell you where it is, Daniel. You, you generally spot it as like wide, like big circles with kind of a, a boom going across mm-hmm. over the top, which is sprinkling water on some rocks or something. But and you'll smell it usually. Um, but down. Is it down by Pole? Is there one? Is there one down by Pole and down by the landfill down at Pole? No, I think is it's there just there anyway. But yeah, down, I'm pretty sure it was not like a a sewage works there at some point when you went to the golf course. Maybe there was like a. It wasn't like a boon, but it was. I, I vaguely remember there being a, not like a very small kind of factory esque sewage plant down there. I don't know if that was if, maybe if it's still there. There's, there's definitely one down in there if you go past Blackness Castle or towards towards Blackness Castle from uh, Bowness. Mm, uh, there's one there. That's a sailing club. Can you curse? Yeah, and there's one um, uh, by the Kelpies, just over the back of the Kelpies. So if you take the Kelpies and you, you, you head away from Falkland, yeah, yeah, there's one true. there. They do so, very well the Kelpies to keep the smell down. Yeah, you don't really you want that. You want to build all that and then all of a sudden it's so stupid. So what's, so what's, what's the first bit of uh, the sewage treatment then? You say that like I'm supposed to know. Will it be down? At the moment, it does link into part of our courses in yeah. the separation. We're looking at separation yeah, and treatment here, chemical reactions and physical separation of stuff. That we, because so, the water cycle where we started, it all goes back into our rivers, hmm. and that's something that horrifies our our BGE kids. Is that the water cycle? What you flush down the toilet comes back out of your tap. Eventually. Eventually. Obviously, you can't meet it. That's what that's. Brilliant though that the water that you can consume can be <laughs> infinitely times. I'm talking about age-wise. Yes. Like the, the water that you consume could be. Yeah. And if we well, put it in it, because all the water in the earth has always been there yeah. and always will. And if we do discharge into our rivers or our waterways, we have serious consequences. We'll kill all the wildlife yeah. and we'll kill ourselves. But the first bit is first is um, screening it, just a filtration uh, to take all the lumps and, and rubbish oh. out. Um, then we've got anaerobic digestion, so it, it, you, we put bugs in there to, to break down the all the on, fecal matter. Yeah. Um, then, quite often it's treated, so it's not um, harmful anymore, and used as fertiliser. Which uh, then has a whole other problem, when yeah. the fertiliser gets washed into the riverways and grows all Well, in terms of natural fertiliser, it's not quite as bad, I don't think it's so full of nitrates. If you've got nitrate, nitrates is a problem with that, and I suppose that kind of links very well to the National Fund Biology question you're talking about using the anaerobic respiration of the bacteria because we talk about what I talk about anyway when we do indicated species about you see there's certain species that are found at certain levels of pollution so the the, the example I use is a sewage works pumping the sewage in because there's food for bacteria so bacteria increases and then oxygen decreases yeah. so in very various in anaerobic well, we don't really use anaerobic, but it's fermentation, we call it National 5 now, but that happens when there's less oxygen, so it kind of all links to that. Now I'm interested in this fermentation. Speaking of poop. We've <laughs> 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 you know. But also, quite a lot of the waste will be burnt. So we use some of the fertilisers, uh, some of the solid matter will be burnt because it's organic matter, so we can get power from it. But also, we can get power from anaerobic digestion. As it digests, it releases heat. There's a whole town in Oxford um, that's powered, not, not entirely powered, but from anaerobic digestion, it's powered from poop. This is pretty good. Um, the whole thing's just been down the toilet. That's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
No, I'll believe it. Yeah, but uh, anyways, the, the, the problem with a lot of those, uh, with like the biofuels, etc., was that um, the bugs that, the, that you've got within it are actually really, really, um, really vulnerable, really unstable, so you actually end up killing off them if you don't treat some of the waste initially. We found that in uh, some of the biosystems that we were using, they actually ended up being really difficult to try and separate uh, for the stuff that the bugs could actually end up breaking down in the biofuels to the things that would actually end up killing them and wiping them out. So yeah, it's, it's actually it's a, it's a really difficult process mm. to control. Uh, really, really difficult process. No, it's not straightforward to just throw it straight in here, a bucket and hope yeah. for the best. And hope it grows. Yeah, but absolutely. Right. So, other things that uh, go down the toilet. Um, <laughs> Anything any else that's uh, down the toilet that we could think? Because we we've talked about the, the physical things that shouldn't go down the toilet because it blocks things, it pollutes. What? Anything else springing to mind? Weird and wonderful things that people don't put down the toilet. Well, one of the, one of the strange things is that we don't think of is things like the contraceptive pill. Not that that pill is directly being flushed down the toilet. I suppose any sort of drug that gets released yeah, in your experience. And the contraception pill is something that's taken in large quantities. Mm. Um, so oestrogen is found in our waterways, which affects marine life mm. and has an effect on people. We talked about a lot about plastics um, before in terms of um, BPAs that people absorb and has hormone disrupting effects. Similarly so, for so like waterways, etc. because a lot of it, Kind of less so now, but the, the microplastics, the yeah. tiny pieces, you yeah. used to get them, you get them in like toothpaste, etc. To, yeah, to shower gels and stuff, yeah. Shower gels, a lot of these um, cleaning agents yeah. to give you a, some sort of scrubbing action yeah. that mm -hmm. you've got. And because the pieces are so small, they're going to be easily either carried through you yeah. or just. Uh, well, you wash them off in the shower, they go down the waste disposal. And any creatures, anything that maybe eats smaller uh, particles, etc. So mm -hmm. the, it's not not unusual to cut open fish and find the high accumulations of plastic within them. They've been also, banned down the UK. Yeah, they have been, um, but not in other countries. Because uh, that's that's part of the issue with a lot of the, the foods that we end up eating, that we, in, like, uh, in Japan, there's, there's a high level of uh, mercury ingestion um, through um, the pollutants that are put in the waterways and seafood that they're eating yeah. will have accumulated that mercury. So it's, it's actually yeah. that we're going to end up Back poisoning ourselves. You'd think so the companies that are making them might stop selling that for that use, wouldn't you? Welcome <laughs> to capitalism, for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, consumerism and demand. So again, but, I mean, it does sound, not to leave everyone down, the concept of the oestrogen can be removed. And so again, through filtration, through chemistry, is actually using activated carbon to bind the oestrogen. Right. So when you're flushing it through, you, you obviously check through chemical analysis, you check whether the oestrogen is, is coming through and obviously, hopefully, take it out. But it does cost. Yeah, it so all those sanitation systems, the filtration systems, are, they're incredibly complex. Yeah. And actually, it's not just a case of, you know, flush it down, yeah. the, down the toilet or down a sink and, and that's it. It's a huge amount of chemistry going on to analyse stuff. And obviously, the danger of having sewage works there that yeah. has live bacteria in it that are quite Would toxic. Would here be one of those really random things he was doing <laughs> the sewage? 
Like, think of, I'm just thinking about it. Not, so much, not so sure it doesn't need to worry about that. <laughs> no, I'm thinking it is, because it's suddenly... Oh, but, that's because um, it's coming off. That's where my hair's gone. Oh, it's okay. down, down like shirts and shower heads. Moving on from my, my lack of hair. <laughs> you, you were the one that asked what goes down into the sewage system. Like Mr. Young, fatbergs. Back to chemistry. That begs Mr. Forsyth. Definitely a, a, a huge issue that we've got, obviously. I'm fat when you are cooking, etc. We'll, we'll turn from a, from a more solid form to a liquid form, and in a lot of cases, we'll either wash it down, down the sink or pour it down the sink. A lot of people will just wait, throw, throw that away down the sink. And the issue with it is obviously as it cools down, it will accumulate in pipework, in waterways, etc. Massive amounts of these, and it's uh, yeah, it doesn't mix with water, so it's not carried away or float on top of water and stick together. Yeah. And with all the lumpy stuff. <laughs> Everything else is going to accumulate them there. So I'm um, down in London, etc. The huge amount of work they've actually got to do because our um, sewage systems, etc., are all kind of very old, built in kind of Victorian times in a lot, in a lot of cases. And the. Um, those full sections of pipework can be blocked uh, with these massive fatworks. Uh, Biggest one? Do you, do you remember? I've got I, it written I'm, down in front of me. But. It's, I, <laughs> it, it's, it's tons, isn't it? It I mean, is it's, tons. It's, uh, what will we go for? Like How many tons? Ten tons. Ten tons? Mr. Atkinson, random guess of the number of tons. Bearing in mind a car. A car is a couple of tons. A car is about a ton. A ton. Yeah, okay. Let's go on 20. 20, right. 2019, there's a bus-sized fat bird. A bus of fat. 40 fat tons. And just wow. linking into our uh, measurements, 40 tons, we don't know what that is, so we use a bus as a scale. <laughs> the size of whales. <laughs> bus. I mean, why did I always walk down that It's a bus. Right, I think we, we've done waterways and, and poop today. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad I counted something for that. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Bye. Bye.